Presents Football Time. Hey, hey, and welcome to the Football Time Show. We're here with Dynamite David, and we're here. Actual football games are being played tonight. Uh, real games, not week zero games, but uh, real football games. And we got some picks for you. Our opening week, and uh, we're both uh, full bore on our oh, picks yeah. this oh, week. Yeah. It's going to be a fun time. I always like week one. We have a list of loads of picks and then by week 15 we're gonna have like three teams we uh trust as we whittle our way down past teams we trust heavy sense of optimism yes everything is good we believe in everyone and then uh it whittles its way down where we don't believe in anyone by the end of the year except for probably alabama and clemson (laughs) and maybe ohio state destroying all the big 10 teams but uh anyway we'll get into week zero a handful of games uh in week zero none totally that notable i think a a couple games that uh you sort of peek your eye on a couple teams to see how they're going to start out uh you know the big one was nebraska illinois i i'd say though i i think that's getting less and less big as uh the more that game went on really a awful football game but uh we touched on a little bit in our big 10 preview uh nebraska just didn't look good they didn't look like they have the talent and uh, Illinois, uh, while I don't think they looked good, looked organized and uh, a capable football team of uh, beating teams who don't respect them and uh, turn the ball over pretty much. Well, I think, you know, Illinois definitely showed their playing style. They're going to they're gonna play safe, smart, conservative, and, and try to wait for the opponent to make a mistake. And Nebraska sure did make those mistakes. Yes, uh, per always Nebraska bad pass plays. Uh, I, I don't even want to get into the special teams disaster. Um, that That's really probably what flipped the whole game is uh, that guy fielding the punt on the half yard line and then running back into the end zone. Uh, I, I don't even, I don't know. See, that's one of those things where you how do you even blame Scott Frost? I mean, what does a guy need to be told not to film a field of punt on the half yard line? Because I recall my father yelling at me from about age, age three from filming, fielding anything from uh, about the 15 yard online and in. Uh, so it, it's just uh, Nebraska's a mess. And uh, I think says Big Ten football, like the first quarter score. Yes. Uh, I think really. Uh, I think this more says Nebraska and they're going to struggle uh, pretty much all year long. Now I I will be very shocked if they get over that three or four win mark, but uh, maybe some good things coming to Illinois. Maybe uh, Bert can uh, sort of change that program into, I don't want to say powerhouse, but a consistent program in that side of the uh, division where there's not a whole lot of depth there. Uh, You know, Illinois really is a, powerhouse waiting to be made it's a huge school uh, with a great recruiting base they can come recruit out of indiana ohio they even can touch into the south a little bit in kentucky tennessee and uh you know they have that whole uh, northeast illinois chicago area i know it's yeah. not littered with talent but there are a lot of human beings up there i believe illinois is the fourth largest state in the united states so uh we'll see how indiana uh, Illinois proceeds with things this year, but uh, I, I'm a little bit nervous about Nebraska the rest of the year. We'll see how that yeah, breaks down. But uh, I think the uh, more interesting game probably was UCLA-Hawaii, not in visual watch, but uh, 
probably what we saw from UCLA. Uh, funny enough, uh, I, I heard a fun little stat that this was Chip Kelly's first uh, non-conference win at UCLA. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, now This is year three, isn't yes. it? <laughs> now. Well, they didn't, did they play conference? They did not play yeah. conference last year, so it's technically uh and the other one they had the likes of like cincinnati and uh really actual very good teams that you they would not be favored pretty much in any of those games but just a fun corgi stat that this one was their first uh non-conference win so interesting there but uh really uh i i was quite impressed with ucla this is the first time i watched them play and they look like a chip kelly team explosive runs all yeah. over the plate you know, the offensive line just creating holes, them getting those little shifty guys gashes and them getting big first down runs. And basically the quarterback didn't even matter, uh, who once again, I would say it did not play great. But if you get that kind of running game, it, it doesn't really matter. Well, the quarterback doesn't have to play all that great. Well, I think, you know, what will really factor into how well you value this UCLA performance is how well do you value the uh, Hawaii team? Yes. Uh, you know, you can't blame UCLA. They came out, they took mm -hmm. care of business, they dominated from the beginning. But I'm still kind of in a holding pattern, really looking forward to this game. Yeah, we'll uh, get into weekend. this game. Uh, and and I think that'll be the really telling story if, if Chip Kelly's really turned this team around or not. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will say, you know, coming into the season, we thought Hawaii would be all right on defense. Mm -hmm. I don't think we thought they were going to be great, but uh, I, I think that boons well. Uh, you know, defensively I don't know what we're getting from this UCLA team quite yet I think that's more uh we'll, we're sort of wait and see uh what this LSU game has in store for him to see if that defense uh can remain confident but uh I, I will say I was really really pleasantly surprised with how uh that uh rushing attack ran oh, yeah. and if Kelly has the rushing attack his offense uh becomes a, a real pain to stop and the then the reliance on uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson is not uh, probably as much. So uh, interesting to see how UCLA goes this week. Uh, two games that were blowouts and were supposed to be blowouts. Uh, we'll just touch on Fresno State, who you really like in the Mountain West. Yeah. Uh, pretty much put it on UConn uh, all season, all game long. Uh, their shoes were quote unquote melting. Uh, you know, it's, I know they're in Connecticut, but it's not like hot weather has never bestowed them. They do have a summer there, but uh, I guess, you know, whatever. Uh, but uh, they looked awful per usual UConn. But I thought the Fresno State uh, offense looked really, good, really good and uh, pretty much a return uh, right where they left off. And uh, I, I don't know how much you gauge from it, but the defense did pitch a shutout, which uh, I think last year, I think even versus a UConn team, they probably would have struggled a little a bit. Shot up. And scored some points. Yes, and uh, they, they might have scored some points with this UConn team. Uh, uh, that fumble uh, did not look defensive cost. It looked, uh, <laughs> bad UConn offensive cost. But uh, anyway, uh, I do think the impressive thing is getting the shutout because I don't know, even versus bad UConn team, if they would have been able to shut them out. So maybe something to gauge that, that pressure. Fresno State defense has well, stepped up a level. I remember you giving me a hard time when I took Fresno mm -hmm. minus the 28 yes. or 27 and a half, and uh, they easily covered that They spread. did easily cover that spread uh, because I thought they'd give up points. They did not give up points, yeah. and the best way to cover spreads is to not give up points. So uh, Fresno State held the business, and then uh, San Jose State 
also uh, held up business for Southern Utah. Um, they actually gave up more points than I was expecting. Yes, but uh, seven of that was on a pick six. So yeah. technically, they only gave up seven points, and their offense gave them the other seven. That doesn't help your under. Bet, that did though. not help my under bet whatsoever. <laughs> the the thing that helps spread coverers is shutouts. The thing that kills under bets is uh, big, sixes. <laughs> big sixes. And uh, I I was watching the game and, you know, Southern Utah drove down there, got a score. And then the next thing, uh, there was a pick six. And I was like, oh, crap. And then I had to be rooting against it as a state scoring points all second half, which they pretty much uh, could do whenever they wanted. They did not score all that much, but they did hit the number that I did not want them to hit uh, right off the bat in that third third quarter. But uh, anyway, I thought San Jose State looked pretty good. Defense looked pretty solid. Um, really, uh, Southern Utah is not a great subdivision team, but they are actually probably, if you matched up Southern Utah, Utah and UConn, uh, it'd probably be a pretty close game, and I'd probably favor Southern Utah a yeah. little bit there. So uh, anyway, uh, San Jose State continued to look like a, a team to contend with in the Mountain West. Mm -hmm. Fresno State maybe putting themselves in that uh, place to be. So, uh, And they lead into pretty big matchups this yeah. weekend, both yeah. Fresno State and San Jose State. Uh, but first, I think we'll get into... The uh, Penn State-Wisconsin game. Penn State going to Wisconsin here. Um, what is your feel on this game? I know you might have a pick in it. Well, I know, it, as most of y'all know, in our uh, preview show, we were uh, a lot bigger on Wisconsin than we were at Penn State. Yeah. I, I think this Wisconsin team is uh, very likely to win uh, the Big Ten West uh, and get to that championship game. Uh, now, while they may still drop two or three getting there, I think they're the best team in the West. And I just – I really like uh, – I think both of these teams are are strong defensively. Yes. Wisconsin's always great defensively. Uh, but I think uh, the two the two plays that are going to help Wisconsin uh, dominate this game, the home field advantage, and I like Graham Mertz better than Sean Clifford. I just think Mertz really before he had to leave last season, he, he was showing he had some really good stuff, and I'm looking forward to seeing him play some more this season. Yeah, I, I do think the uh, Wisconsin offense is, is much, much better than Penn State. Uh, what really concerned me about this game, I think we both liked Wisconsin uh, going in at the start of the week to blow this game out. I, I started to pull back a little bit of that around midweek. Uh, you know, it, it just – I wonder what uh, Wisconsin's mentality is coming into this game. It makes me a little nervous. I feel like they're just going to both teams really, really button down and be conservative and just try to win this in the last couple possessions of the game. Uh, now, Wisconsin does have, you know, a huge advantage playing in Wisconsin in this one. Uh, like I said earlier, though, I think it would be more of an advantage if this was being played in bad weather in, uh, you know, November yeah. Uh, late October. But uh, anyway, I, I just I, I got a little nervous that this is going to be a little bit closer because I, I think both teams will sort of button up and not want to be the ones uh, a lot Nebraska making a mistake, handing the team the game, uh, you know, right off the bat. I, I certainly think Penn State uh, probably will throw the ball as seldom as possible if oh, yeah. they can. And uh, I, I just wonder if Wisconsin then sees that and it's like, all right, let's not give them points. Let's not turn it over and uh, starts, you know, dinking and dunking possession throws and just trying to eat up a whole lot of the clock there too. So that's why I started to pull back a little bit, but uh, I think 
I, I'd still lean Wisconsin here. I don't think Penn State is going to be all that great, but uh, it, it's just the how the game played out in my head. I, I got a little bit nervous on how that would work out. Anyway, I, I thought it was interesting, too. These two teams have only played 19 times. Uh, you'd think uh, two uh, sort of Big Ten stalwarts would uh, play all the time. But uh, over the years, the last time they played was in 2018. And before that, 2016 in the Big Ten championship game. So uh, not a whole lot of head-to-head uh, -head matchups and certainly not any that uh, would uh, – bold you one way or the other here because yep. really uh, I doubt anyone on either of these teams is, was still around from that 2018 uh, team unless they're probably a very very large bench player <laughs> but uh, anyway uh, interesting game to see how that uh, conference game uh, really heads up and then we'll move on to uh, a non-conference one two teams I think who are trying to maybe move their way into that uh, I, I wouldn't say top of the pack but just under there yeah. uh you know hover around if uh, bad things happen to the top teams maybe they can slide in there and uh interesting game in stanford and kansas state Stanford going to kansas state here uh you know it's a up to a three-point spread for kansas state this thing opened at one and a half um I, i'm curious what your uh feeling is i, I know we both uh, sort of liked uh k-state uh looking ahead in our, well, to our picks. Well, I remember, you know, we talked about both of these teams in our previews, and this was one game we, we pointed yeah. out for both of these. If they want to hit their over, this is a win game they need to win. Yeah. Uh, so this is a big-time game, first game of the year. Um, you know, Kansas State's got uh, Skylar Thompson coming back healthy. Uh, but their biggest problem, uh, Kansas State's got to play defense. Yes. Uh, they've really got to shore up that defense. They were awful last year, and uh, – Stanford might be able to come in and move the ball. And uh, I don't – it could be an interesting shootout type of game in Kansas State. Uh, but I think the home field and just the weapons that K-State has on offense will probably benefit them, and uh, that's why I'm, I'm leaning more Kansas State. Yeah, I, I do think this has the potential of being a little bit more of a, a shootout yeah. in, in not the uh, terms of – large passing numbers but I, I wonder if Stanford will be able to stop Kansas State's rushing attack and then I wonder if Kansas State will be able to stop Stanford's rushing attack so this might play out a little bit like two option teams mm -hmm. uh, a little bit so where they can both run the ball on each other and yeah. then you know it, it's who can gain control who can gain possession whose defense steps up and gets uh, key stops and I, I'm sure the more than anything I think the turnover battle will be just huge on this and uh, especially early on you know special teams very very big in these type of games uh these teams tend to at least college teams tend to be a little shaky on uh special teams a little earlier so yeah. a dropped punt missed field goals really really could swing this game uh which has me a little bit worried because kansas state special teams were pretty porous uh last year but uh, we'll see if they shore that up but i think potentially uh there's a bigger chance for a blowout on the Kansas State side of things. I, I really do think uh, Kansas State, uh, with uh, their quarterback coming back, really has the opportunity to – 
be maybe uh, if things go right, uh, maybe that second best team in the Big 12. Now, things have to go together. Their offense has to merge. But uh, that first year, uh, they ended up winning eight games. Now, yeah. last year, they regressed a little. But, you know, a lot of that has to do, you know, with COVID. You mentioned that uh, game, the opening uh, week versus uh, Lafayette. Yeah. Where they got beat uh, basically by special teams, a couple of kick returns. Uh, but they also, like, two-thirds of their team was also not playing in the game because of COVID. And uh, they were having issues all last year. But this one's very, very interesting. A, a sort of sneaky shootout. The under was 52 and a half. You know, I, I didn't want to touch that. I thought that was yeah. a little too low, especially if explosive run plays start happening, even with that clock moving. Uh, I, I just got a little bit shaky there on that one. All right. Uh, we're going to move on to the team we spoke about in week zero fresno state matches up with the oregon ducks here this one is going to be really really interesting here uh we mentioned the oregon ducks winners of the pac-12 though they had their own covid problems last year uh i think fresno state gets a little bit of an advantage in this game haven't played the week before uh, a lot of people uh come up with the you know cliched your biggest jump is from week one to week two you know that probably seems to be more coach speak to cover their butt when they're week one team sucks but you know uh, uh, it probably does help to at least have played a game to, versus a team who hasn't played a game here but uh, I'm curious what your thoughts are on the Fresno State uh, Oregon matchup well I'm interested to see the new quarterback at Oregon um, just how they're gonna how he's gonna play and just with uh, you know Fresno's got a, a really solid offense and and Oregon's not somebody that's gonna just you know go off and score four or five touchdowns really quick now the spread on this is 20 and a half and I just don't know if Oregon is uh, going to pull away that much. Yeah. Uh, and, and I just – I think this Fresno State team is going to surprise some people this year. I've been big on them for a while now. And uh, and I'm, I'm really eyeing that spread for sure. Yeah. I, I think uh, that 20 and a half is a little bit bloated. I still think Oregon uh, gets a little bit of a, a point spread bump because everybody thinks this is Oregon from – And it's in know, Eugene. Yeah. So years and years ago now Oregon is more than capable of blowing teams out but they don't do it in quite the way of the Chip Kelly Phil Brooks era where they just explosively put on huge points now on they're going to put together they're, 15 play drives yeah, they're they're a pro style offense who puts in drives they maul you on the lines you know it, it more than anything, Fresno State is more yeah. Yeah, old school uh, Oregon style than uh, Oregon is these days. So, you know, every time I see a, a spread this big, 20 and a half, I, I start to raise my eye a little bit on the docks a I've bit. Been, I've been checking it about four times a day now, hoping for that extra half yeah. point, get to that 21. Yeah, that's what I, I think if it gets to that 21, that number becomes a lot, lot uh, bigger. Because the one thing I do worry about is maybe this is a close game. It's a tight game going into that fourth quarter, and then maybe Fresno starts to wear down a little bit. Then Oregon hits a couple of explosive plays, and maybe this lead goes from 10, you know, 14 into that, uh, you know, 21, 24 territory, and you get a little bit backdoored. But uh, I I'm curious if this Fresno State offense will be able to score on Oregon here. Well, you know, you say that, but I, just, I think their offense is not the problem. I think their defense is going to be the problem. Um, but, you know, out of all the, you know, if I'm looking at big money lineups yeah. this week, this is the one one I've actually got my eye on if I'm going to be picking an upset. Uh, now, I'm, 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 I'll probably just end up taking the spread. I think Oregon's the better team. They're going to get the win. Yes. But 
for value and chance of an upset. I like this. Yes, I, I I do think it's it's live there. Uh, you know, we we need to see what Oregon is. Uh, we didn't get to see and much of them last year. There's always some week one surprises. Yes, uh, so definitely so. So that should be a really really interesting game. Yeah. I'm really intrigued to check that one out. Uh, we'll break down the big one, uh, the Alabama Miami game. Uh, I'm getting a little bit more intrigued. Uh, I do think this spread is, you know, a little bit bloated. Uh, you know, I, I think 19 now, I think this is a little bit to protect themselves because Bama essentially plays uh, one of these uh, teams every year and ends up winning by 50. Yep. And my guess is the uh, bookmakers are tired of everybody putting, you know, 90% of their money on Alabama and rolling through in some sort of 50-20 game. But I do think uh, early. This is a good time for the Hurricanes to get them one, you know, per Dear King actually being healthy. This was a very, very quick turnaround from a torn ACL, especially a guy based on a lot of movement. It's not that he can't pass. He is, you know, very good in the pocket delivering accurate passes, but he becomes a sort of ultra weapon when he has that ability to sit in the pocket, deliver accurate passes. And then if the rush is getting to him, which Miami's line has been Forest the last couple of years. It looks to be improved this year, uh, getting out and making explosive plays there. Uh, but what's your feel on this uh, Bama-Miami game here? You know, I when I first saw that spread, I was like, wow, that seems like a lot. Because, you know, I think this is going to be a much better yes. Miami team. I think their defense has improved a lot over last year. But then, you know, it's Alabama. Yeah, I know. Uh, and they just blow everyone away, and they reload. Now, they do have a lot of reloading to do this year. So uh, a lot of questions of, of – well, they step in and, and everybody, you know, be just as good as last team's here, uh, uh, team. But uh, uh, I think this defense on Bama is going to be even better than last year. Yeah. So I, I, it may look at the under being the play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it, could, it could get ugly. Uh, but I just – I haven't seen anybody slow Alabama down in so long that yeah. it's, it's hard to even buy well, that. Well, that. that's what – might feel a little bit on this game is maybe the first half. Uh, this is – uh, where you come from a, a sort of more tight-knit, low-scoring game than mm-hmm. probably they thought they were getting. And then maybe a couple changes on the Alabama side. Uh, you know, they hit a couple explosive plays, especially Miami has been vulnerable to explosive plays uh, the last handful of years. Now their secondary is supposed to be improved, but, you know, that's coming from sources, uh, probably from the Miami coaching staff, yeah. who it does no good to say their secondary is going to suck. So, you know, you got to take a little bit of that. But uh, I am intrigued by this game. I-, I will say the one thing, Miami does have speed on both sides of the ball, mm-hmm. so they won't be intimidated you know, player for player. And now uh, the talent level on the Alabama team begins to start to get your separation there. But uh, it should be an interesting game, a fun game. Uh, I don't think either of us quite pulled the trigger on this one. I think the spread's too high, but we don't probably trust Miami enough to really cover that spread, especially late in this game. All right, uh, we're going to move on to another conference one in the Big Ten. Uh, I think that's what has me most intrigued. Uh, I, I had it on my pick sheet, and it was a, it was a pretty late cross-off because I, I couldn't quite make myself pull the Indiana Hoosiers at Iowa. That, that began to scare me more and more as I get into it. But uh, I'm curious what you think about this Indiana-Iowa matchup. Uh, tough place to open in Iowa, yeah. but I, I really do, as I was looking down at think Indiana has a better team here. Well, I think it comes down to uh, the health and performance of Michael Penix, for sure. Uh, this Indiana offense runs through him, and if, if he's not playing well, they're, they're not going to be moving the ball good. Um, 
but both of these teams have tremendous defenses. Uh, I think uh, Iowa gave up like uh, 20 points per game last year. Yeah. Indiana gave up about 16 points per game. So two of the best defenses in the country and they're matching up against each other. So we should get a, a good Big Ten game here. But I actually think it could become a story of the offense here. Uh, like I said, Michael Penix is a big playmaker, and, and I was uh, could move the ball pretty well. So uh, I think it's going to be a really not interesting game to watch. It's one I'm looking forward to. Yeah, for sure. uh, I, I just – I feel like Indiana has the talent here. Uh, a couple of things that swayed me, you know, a little bit so that uh, Iowa has a, a higher percentage of the bets on them but then Indiana has a higher percentage of the money. So that tells me everybody is split and everybody's going one way, one which way, the public's going one way, the smart betters are going a different way and nobody quite knows what to make of this game. And I think that's more why I probably crossed it off there is I don't think I quite know what to make of this game. Are we getting Indiana from last year? Or are we getting Indiana from two, three, four years ago where we get a team that can make some plays but ultimately gets beat. And uh, that just tough spot of opening in Iowa, I just decided I wanted nothing to do with this. Watch it, see what you got, and then week two, week three, week four, make your judgments and maybe pull a trigger there if you think this uh, Indiana team is going to continue to be that. Uh, Iowa will probably be a little bit undervalued, you know, all year long like they usually are because they just aren't all that entertaining to watch. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think we're both really, really intrigued by this game. I, I think we'll both have an eye on it. I don't know if it makes it quite a TV1 territory, but uh, it, it could bump up to well, a TV2. It's starting here. the same time as that Bama-Miami yeah. game. So. But that's a, I think it could work its way up to TV2 and maybe as – the back end of the game. Well, if Bama goes up by four yes, touchdowns uh, in about the, a quarter. The Bama-Miami gets one, but it might slide down <laughs> to three really, really quick there. Uh, but, yeah, uh, interesting game. Uh, spread at minus, uh, you know, three and a half for Iowa, which just uh, – you know, it, it hits that spot. That's pretty much just home field Yeah, there. that's a home field spot. So you just – maybe that hook comes into play because I, I do think this might come down to, uh, you know, a couple last possessions there in the fourth quarter. All right. Uh, I, I think uh, our next game we're going to preview. I wanted to preview this one because I just have no idea what I'm getting out of this one. I, I know you have some thoughts on this one, mm -hmm. but uh, West Virginia, Maryland – uh, I'll admit I had Maryland down and when I first started, uh, you know, putting down uh, my picks because I thought they could be explosive. I don't know if West Virginia can be explosive, but then I, I will say uh, the Maryland was one of the early, early cross-offs on the uh, list of picks I went through. So what's your feel on uh, West Virginia, Maryland? Here? I've been West Virginia the whole way ever yeah. since I saw this. I, I think West Virginia is a much better team here. I love their defense, love their defense. And, uh, uh, Talia Tiger Viola uh, last year in a in two games uh, against good defenses Northwestern and Indiana in both of those games he threw three interceptions yeah uh, so he struggles against good defenses and boy this West Virginia defense is good now they did lose uh, their best safety uh, transfer to Georgia uh, so uh, but I think they've got enough talent on that team that uh, their defense is just going to stifle this Maryland team and uh, and come in and they 
I, I, I like West Virginia a lot. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's why I pulled off Maryland a, a little bit really, really quick. Uh, I don't know if I trust that offense. If you ask me what uh, you know side of the ball I trust the most, it would be the West Virginia defense. Now, I don't trust that offense very much, but then um, Maryland's defense can be so non-existent. They can pretty much make anybody's offense uh, look pretty good, especially if West Virginia can find a way to run the ball and control the clock. Um, but I think the other thing that factored in a little bit is uh, my guess is West Virginia has just as many fans in at Maryland than uh, Maryland yeah. does, you know. So I, I don't know quite what the uh, home field, I didn't know quite how to award that. Uh, you know, Maryland probably will have some pretty cool looking unis, but uh, I, I don't know if they'll have uh, quite the fans in the stands that West yeah. Virginia will have. Uh, that's a traveling bunch there uh, out of Morgantown. So, you know, I, I'm very curious uh, how this sort of game plays out, uh, yin and yang wise, because I think you do have at least in theory explosive offense in Maryland, and then you have a pretty buttoned up defensive style unit here in West Virginia. So I, I was just really, really intrigued how this played out. West Virginia got the nod as the favorite in this one. I think uh, the odds makers were looking at it a little bit like me, like, I don't know how much of a home field advantage this is here because uh, you see the three points there for uh, West Virginia. So uh, interesting game, uh, sort of a clash of styles here. I think we'll both know a little bit more uh, yeah. about these teams coming out uh, than I said that. And then, you know, Maryland could lose to Howard next week. And it probably wouldn't stun me too, too much. Uh, maybe a little bit, but uh, probably not uh, as much as you think, but uh I, I think we'll move on to a game that uh, I, I think me and you probably had Penn talking about in like uh, July. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Lafayette Raging Cajun versus Texas Longhorns. I, I think we were both hoping we'd be getting like 12 points in this game. And yeah. Sadly, this thing has uh, pulled away quick, quick, and even more quick. And it's down to a, a hovering around the uh, eight, eight and a half territory here. But uh, a lot of people in love with uh, Lafayette and the Raging Cajuns. Uh, what do you make of this game here? Uh, you know, they they went in and they uh, they got a big win beginning of last year, yes. week one. Uh, and this is a good team. They were right there in, in you know, potential maybe playoff situation yes. towards the end of last year. I know last year was a weird year. Uh, but when this thing opened up at nine and a half, I was like, hey, if this gets over 10, I'm yeah. taking Louisiana. Uh, but it's gone the other way, and I'm, just, I'm not so sure. Uh, it really depends on how well this young uh, quarterback for Texas coming mm -hmm. in plays. And I don't know. Uh, I've, I've stared at this one a lot. I haven't. I just haven't been able to pull the trigger on it. Yeah, yeah I, I think I'm still going to go, you know, how I was feeling in July. I, I do just think this uh, Lafayette defense will give uh, that Texas offense a whole, whole lot of problems. Yep. And then also, uh, you know, you might think it's weird, but uh, I, I think that Lafayette line, as good as the Texas line is, I think the Lafayette O-line is can probably bully that Texas line. So, you know, I, I don't think they will get a lot of explosive plays, but that's not what Lafayette does. They're sort of a grind team. Really, they're probably Texas from real Texas uh, back out of the 90s, um, you know. Um, but the it, this got so low, I, I just get a little bit nervous about it. Uh, but I think you got to trust sort of yourself in this one and be like, I think Lafayette can hang with this team. Can they hang with them the whole way and go into Texas? 
that's the other part that has me yeah. a little, this is a atmosphere. It's, you know, we talked about Louisiana Lafayette going into K-State, which is a difficult place to go into and win, but uh, going into Texas and uh, winning in uh, Royal Stadium, uh, <laughs> much, much more of a difficult task uh, for a team that probably is not quite uh, used to these kind of uh, big lights. You, you saw it in the Coastal Carolina game. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't what I'd call this level of game, but it was a big game because both those teams knew that was the game to get to the Sun Belt. And one of them had a chance to ride through undefeated in there if they had won that game. And Lafayette just uh, didn't quite hold up in that Coastal Carolina game. But I, I still really am interested. Mm -hmm. uh, this should be a really interesting game along the line of scrimmage if uh, Lafayette can uh, sort of bully them there. I think they do have a chance definitely to remain close in this game and maybe steal it at the end. Also, uh, Lafayette's uh, special teams, we talked about special teams a little bit, is once again pretty, pretty good. So uh, they might be able to sneak a return, get a pump block in here. You know, well, and we don't know how Texas is going to perform with yes. you know, Sark's first game as head coach. Yes. Uh, so their offense is going to be changed up a little bit. Uh, whether or not that's successful or not is remains yeah. to be seen. And it's going to be tough against this Louisiana defense. Yeah, it is. All right. Uh, we'll move out to the West Coast and uh, we'll talk about San Jose State USC. This game's uh, pretty intriguing as well. Yeah. Uh, maybe not quite as intriguing as the other one because I do think there's a little bit more of a talent separation here. But uh, I do think people underrate, you know, that San Jose State defense is a good defense. And they went undefeated and last year. They did go undefeated <laughs> last year. So uh, this match versus USC how do you see it playing out a little bit uh I think it's really going to come down to uh really I think it's going to come down to the defense because both of these teams are going to move the ball offensively. Yeah. um and uh and and maybe it just comes down to who makes the fewest mistakes yes like turnover free you know not throwing interceptions not giving, giving the other team easy chances uh but I think both of these teams can score the ball and move the ball well uh so I, I, I kind of like San Jose State here. They're getting a lot of points. They were getting a lot more, uh, but yes. it's, it's shifted a little bit. Uh, they do have to go into L.A., but I don't know how many fans are going to be there. Yeah, I mean, I, we saw how many fans were at the UCLA game last week. There this one probably 200. gets a little bit more of a bump, but uh, yeah. once again, it's still a, you know, they would much rather go to a Dodgers game, I guarantee you, than go to a USC game uh, down there. But, uh, you know, this is an interesting game because, you know, I, I do think San Jose State uh, can probably hurt uh, USC, uh, definitely uh, down the field a little bit, uh, you know. So I, I think they will be able to score on them. Can that defense hold up? Uh, I, I think I'm more curious – what USC does come out offensively. I talked about it in our preview show, you know, they run that air raid offense. Mm -hmm. I thought they threw way, way too much last year. This isn't a team that needs to run the air raid offense. They have elite level backs. They have an elite level line. They have elite level receivers. They have elite level quarterbacks. You don't need to gimmick. Essentially the air raid was a gimmick offense created to teams who could not build line play, yeah. could not be capable of running the ball. So they found a way to sort of gimmick the system into being able to get lots of yards. USC doesn't need to do that. Their line can move people. They have plethora of backs who can run the ball. And I thought last year they got away from running the ball. Uh, you saw it in that Arizona State game. They mm -hmm. pretty much were slinging the ball all over. And then when the comeback hit, it was because they hit a handful of runs down there and then, you know, a hope in a Hail Mary pair and uh, bad defense by the Arizona State Sun Devils. But, you know, 
I think it cost him in a couple of games. It certainly cost him in that Pac-12 championship game versus Oregon. Yep. Uh, you know, basically Oregon just sat back in their defense and uh, rushed the quarterback and picked him apart. So I, I, I think San Jose State, if they, if USC continues to play that air raid style, uh, sort of plays into San Jose State's hands because they've seen air raid offenses. They're used to playing smaller teams who run, you know, offensive like that. Uh, what they probably couldn't stand up to is a bunch of large, more athletic men beating them up, you know, and uh, running past them. So uh, I'm very interested in how this San Jose State game uh, plays out. Uh, you know, the spread's gotten a, a little bit. I where still I, think it's. A it, little it, large. It's it's large, but I, I liked it much better when it was hovering around 16, 17, and when it's hovering around 14. I, I will say I, I ended up crossing this one off because I, I didn't think the value was quite there at 14. Yeah. Uh, you know, but uh, you know, if it magically climbs back up into that 17 point range, I, I might be a little bit more bullish on it. Uh definitely. All right. Uh I guess we'll go to the big, big game at night. Uh Georgia Clemson here. Uh, this is a, a fun matchup, uh, yes. certainly this early in the season. But I, I think both you and I think this is a lopsided matchup. I, I think Clemson's way, way better on pretty much every point of the ball. The only thing I could probably say is maybe uh, Clemson's quarterback, though we saw him last year. He seemed to handle things fine. I don't know why that would change all of a sudden, but this is a much, much bigger game than he played in yeah. uh, for two weeks there. But uh, what do you make of this Clemson-Georgia game? Everyone's hyping up Georgia, and but, you know, it, it's always like this for Georgia, and, and everybody's big on Kirby uh, this year, and I just – I'm not a Kirby fan. I think Kirby always finds a way to blow it, and I just think uh, – Clemson's defense is is going to be the key to this. Yes. I, I think their defense is going to be really solid. Uh, and I don't think JT Daniels is that great of a playmaker. Yeah, he's got more experience than DJ does, but I think DJ's way more talented. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, I, I think they're going to come in and they're – I think Clemson's going to get this one. Yeah. Uh, I I want to see these great Georgia receivers get past this type of scene. I want to see, I, I do think the Georgia O-line is, is, is a pretty solid O-line, but I want to see them uh, stand up to Clemson here. You know, they're going to oh, come yeah. after uh, Georgia and JT Daniels, who's shown in the past, uh, you know, like most quarterbacks, does not love pressure, but he's one of the ones who really does not love pressure. And then mistakes come. And mm -hmm. if mistakes come versus Clemson's team, this one's going to be a roll away. And, and I really think this has a chance to be a little bit of a roll away uh, game here. I, I think Clemson could probably bully them pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, certainly on the defensive side of things. I, I'm just curious where Georgia gets points because I, I don't foresee them getting explosive plays. Now, you know, Clemson gave up explosive plays in that Ohio State game, uh, but I think that is it was a totally different defense last mm -hmm. year to this year. And uh, I just don't see Georgia making those. So I, I'm pretty bullish here on the Clemson Tigers. Um, I don't really see a ton of ways uh, the Georgia Bulldogs would win other than maybe if uh, DJ isn't, you know, quite what we thought but even then uh, they have such skill position guys on the wide receiver on the line that uh, if it gets into a close tight game I, I think still Clemson's a better team and they'll make a play down the stretch 
All right, we talked about UCLA and getting those explosive runs. They have an interesting matchup, uh, probably a huge, huge game, uh, really, for their season, probably a huge game for both teams entering yeah. this season because, uh, you know, this is one I, I don't think LSU can afford to lose. I, I think that just starts the snowball rolling for Ed, uh, you know, to uh, be dismissed I think, towards the end. I think there's year. a lot of people looking for that snowball yeah. to get rolling, yeah. so he can't afford to slip there. He can't afford to slip up. Anymore. Yes, and uh, losing at UCLA would be a. It, it, I'm assuming LSU always thinks they're a better football team than UCLA, so uh, I think a loss here would be a, a pretty bad start to the year for them. Well, there's a lot of factors coming into this game. You know, one yes. UCLA looked really good last week, mm. but. Again, like I said earlier, it was Hawaii, LSU. You know they were terrible last year, mm-hmm. uh, but all these ta- all these players they got on their team that were bad last year—they're all big time recruits. Mm-hmm. They've not got experience. They're supposed to be uh, bouncing back and being this awesome team again this year. But you know LSU had some struggles. They had to bus out to Houston this yes. week uh, because of a hurricane. They've been practicing in Houston, and now they're going out to LA. So uh, they've been on the road for uh, about four days already now at this point, point. Uh, and I just. I don't know. My gut says LSU is going to win this game, yes. and they should win it pretty handily. But it depends. on Are they going to make that big jump and get back under that 9-10 yeah. win uh, range that they're supposed to be in? Or are they still going to be struggling back? You know, their big star uh, freshman quarterback coming in got hurt, so yes. they got to go. Uh, With Max. Yeah, so <sighs> – Depends how you like the Johnson family. I was never a huge fan, but uh, maybe you were a big Washington, Tampa Bay, Minnesota fan. He did manage to launch a lot of balls to Randy Moss at one point in time, but I don't think Randy's lining up on the sideline. No, and, and so... <laughs> and I why, think his kid just got cut uh, also on uh, NFL <laughs> roster cut day. That's why every time I look at either side, you know, I've, I've actually been back and forth on this quite a bit, and I've, I, I just can't pull the trigger on either side. I think I'm just going to enjoy the game. Uh, see where each team's falls, and then uh, look at it moving forward after this week. Yeah, uh, I I ended up crossing this one off. I I think we both probably thought UCLA was going to get a handful of more points here than uh, you know the uh, three that it's yeah. having around. I, I thought we were at least getting, I think we get a touchdown. Yeah, I thought I was getting six to seven, and when I saw three, I put it down in my initial list uh, just because I, I was curious about this game, but uh, I crossed it off pretty quick because I. I I do want to, yeah, I mean, I mentioned the stat that that was uh, Chip Kelly's first uh, non-conference yeah. win last week. Uh, so now we're going from first non-conference win to, to, <laughs> to beating LSU uh, in a two-week stretch. I, I, I'm very curious to see how this rushing game goes versus a LSU defense. Uh, you know, uh, I, I do trust the secondary. I think the secondary will be elite. I think there are a couple more questions on LSU on the defensive side of the ball along the line and the linebackers. So maybe they can hit a couple holes and explosive plays here. Uh, the other thing I'm interested in uh, and probably will be the whole key to this game is the LSU offense or is the UCLA defense real? Uh, I don't know if either is uh, really yeah. all that great. I, and I, I think we'll get a telling of where each stand here uh, or maybe we'll just get double mediocre <laughs> i think that's why it's just i'm 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 staying away there's just way too many variables here that we have unknowns uh 
and I just can't get a read on it. At yeah, all. Uh, we mentioned, uh, you know, it's it's an away game for UCLA, but uh, I think if anybody uh, saw UCLA's crowd last week, uh, there was pretty much no one there, and my guess is there will be a lot of LSU uh, fans there. Uh, I heard that they were uh, rumors that they were already tailgating uh, at the Hawaii. I believe, game. Oh, I believe it. So uh, they were there a couple weeks early uh, <laughs> to get the party started. So uh, you know, I, I'm not. Uh, looking overwhelming UCLA fan crowd noise here. Now, uh, you know, back in the 90s, they did have a little bit of a bump there where the crowds were getting there, but uh, I, I don't know if this one will quite have the home field advantage you want. Uh, so I was just on stay away, but I'm really, really intrigued to see how this uh, matchup plays out. And, uh, you know, uh, the other thing is how will Dorian uh, Thompson Robinson play? Uh, I yeah. do think he needs to be a little bit better than he was last year. Yeah, week. he's going to have more you can't down totally the field totally rely on just you know explosive uh runs you got at yeah. least these are the games where you need some quarterback play first Hawaii you know it's meaningless because they could hit runs all day long but he needs to make some throws and not make turnovers the other thing is here you can't turn the ball over to this LSU team even no. if their offense is terrible they'll be able to score on short fields like that so uh very interesting game. game yeah all right uh we'll move to your uh, yeah, another team. I'm big darling on. of the Mountain West here. Mountain West team I know too. you're you're big on the West Coast of the Mountain West. Uh, maybe all these teams end up in the Big Twelve uh, before too long. But uh, anyway, Nevada at Cal. Uh, I think this was the most. Uh, Interesting game. I, I looked up. I, I really wanted to take Nevada. Love this Nevada offense. I, I do uh, agree with you. I think they will be one of the best offensives in the country. Cal is, I, I don't know what Cal is. They're just yeah. a weird Justin Wilcox team. Yeah. They are disciplined and good on defense. Uh, their offense leaves a, a ton to be desired, uh, but they somehow uh, have found ways to win games, not necessarily last year, but uh, a lot of that had to do with COVID. But in the previous years, they had managed to win seven, eight, nine games. Uh, but uh, this one's just weird. So what do you make of this Nevada Cal game? I think I locked my bet on this game uh, two to three weeks ago. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Nevada. I've got them winning the Mountain West. I think they're the most talented team in the uh, Mountain West. And, and this is just a very average to mediocre uh, Cal team. They may be on the rise. Their defense is going to be solid, but I don't think they're going to have much uh, offensively to compete with the power that Nevada has on the offensive yeah. side of the ball. A couple of things here. Uh, the money and the bets were all on Nevada. So no everybody is riding Nevada here, which might have scared me off uh, just a, a little bit. I, I don't want to be with everybody else take the easy quite all the, all, the, all the time. And the other thing that uh, sort of rose my eye up a little bit was that uh, total at 52 and a half. That's, that's a really, that's probably the lowest total Nevada will have, uh, yeah. you know, really, uh, probably a lot of respect for uh, other than maybe uh, San Diego State, you know, yeah. uh, but uh, that that's telling me that they think Cal's defense will be uh, a really, really good and somehow maybe manage to slow this team down. So if they're slowing the team down, then I'm getting nervous if Nevada can pull this win. So I pulled out of this game, but uh, I am really interested to see the sort of counterclash here of the Nevada offense uh, versus Cal defense and uh, whatever we get on the offensive side of Cal. I'm always interested to see what we get out of there. We usually get some white little small running back out of Cal running the ball into the line of scrimmage. Oh, but uh, anyway, uh, 
interesting matchup there. I think we'll get a good, good read on where uh, Nevada yeah. sits. Yeah, I think overall. it's a good test for them. If uh, they can go in there and win uh, a decent game, then uh, I, I, I think we see that Nevada will be a contender in the Mountain West. Now, if they go in there and don't play all that well, I think we sort of see that, you know, their level is probably – where Cal is, and I don't think that'll be enough, you know, so to sort of jump into that San Jose State, Boise State category. So uh, interesting game uh, really there. All right, the uh, next one, uh, this wasn't more for the game overall. I think we all know probably how this game is going to go, uh, but I wanted to talk a little bit about BYU because uh, we didn't get into the independence in our preview. Uh, BYU coming off a 10-1 season. Now, yeah. uh, you know, Zach Wilson leaves, um, but uh, one of the teams where I don't worry about that is uh, once one 25-year-old quarterback leaves, uh, uh, usually another one with a family of five comes in <laughs> and uh, takes over quarterback play here. So uh, uh, I think more than talking about this game, I think we both think uh, BYU will go in there and win pretty easy on a, a pretty depleted Arizona team. What are your expectations on BYU on this year? Their schedule is is much, much difficult. So I, I don't think they're going 10 and one, but do you think they can sort of be in that eight, nine win territory? I, you know, it's, it's hard to really get a good read on this BYU team just because like you said, they were so dependent on Zach Wilson last yeah. year. Uh, so to replace that, you just really have no idea where they're going to be on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, but, uh, I mean, they should be able to handle this first game against Arizona, yeah. no problem. Uh, but they, they've got a lot of big games, you know, being that independent, they, they kind of got to go all around and play a whole bunch of different teams all year. Uh, but I, I think they could probably be in that seven to nine win yeah. rate range. Uh, but like I said, it, it's really have a toss up at this point. Yeah. This one, uh, probably will be one eye on to see what BYU looks at more than they, what the actual game if, is. If you think they're going to be near or close to where they were last year, they need to come out and dominate this yes, game. Yes, definitely so. But uh, I'll, I'll be – I mean, the matchup isn't all that intriguing. It is, you know, a Pac-12 versus a independent. But uh, if we want to start looking at football histories, well, I think uh, BYU is uh, much more – Well, Arizona is probably one of the worst teams in the uh, Yes, so, year, so. Uh, I, I look forward to seeing how they uh, – Get in the future, uh, but uh, with this coach here running that yeah. pro-style system yeah. and uh, Pete Carroll's kid uh, yeah. running the offense, but uh, they need to bring in some talent, I think, before they really uh, – we get a judge here. And then uh, interesting, the Michigan-Western Michigan game. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, this, this spread jumped out to me. I thought it was pretty big. Michigan getting a lot more respect than I thought versus uh, – I don't want to say great Western Michigan team, but it's certainly a good Western Michigan yeah. team. And uh, if you don't take this game serious, uh, they're going to throw some points on you. So what do you make of this Western Michigan, Michigan team? Well, I just, I think, you know, looking back, traditionally Michigan's been a slow starter. Yeah. Uh, you know, they had that famous upset to App State, uh, but I think this isn't a Western Michigan team to sleep on. And, yeah. and 17 points is an awful lot for a team that can really move the ball. And and we don't know if Michigan well, can that move was the a, ball. Well, that was the thing. You know they think they can move the ball because the under over is 66. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know the last time a MAC team came into Michigan and you had an over, under over of 66. So I, I think they think Western Michigan's going to score points. Now, I'm assuming they think Michigan will score points on Western Michigan. Now, Western Michigan's defense has been pretty porous, uh, but uh, I think anybody who's watched a Michigan offense, uh, 
Well, I, I know, haven't seen a ton of explosion there. So. Going back to last year, I trust this Western Michigan offense more than I do. Yes. Michigan. Uh, so I, I, I made, I will say this was really was my last cut here on our pick uh, list here. I thought the 17 was really, really good. The only thing that had me nervous a little bit was, uh, you know, Western Michigan going into Michigan. Uh, I will say that atmosphere will be something they have not seen error before. Uh, now, that being said, uh, this could turn a little soccer-like, like if Michigan gets off to a bad start. Uh, you know, the coach is already pretty much uh, living by a, a thread yeah. here. So if this gets off to a bad start, Western Michigan hits a couple plays on them. Uh, that, all make it to the end of the game. The crowd might turn really, really quick, uh, you know, all of a sudden there. And uh, so, you know, but uh, I think that was my final thing. I, I just didn't know if Western Michigan, I think there was more of a chance that Western Michigan got a little, you know, big eyed going in here and yeah. uh, didn't quite play up to what their capabilities are. Also, they're, they're a pretty tiny level offense that first game of the season. You know, I, I looked at their offense might be more explosive in week four, five, six in probably week one where they probably have to tinker. This isn't, a, you know, while their offense is really, really good, it's not an offense loaded with, you know, five-star level guys who are going to be littering the NFL. They have to scheme, timing, be well, ready. But Michigan isn't really full of five stars either. No, they no, haven't, they're, been, they haven't well, been recruiting as They, well have, as they have a been. lot of uh, three stars out of Indiana. But yeah. uh, anyway, uh, I, I just, uh, I, I do... I am highly curious how this Michigan Wolverines uh, team kicks off and uh, to see if they can sort of put Western Michigan away. I, I, I may walk. I haven't put anything on this one yet, but I, I, I'm going to keep an eye on that. Western yeah. Uh, stay tuned for Saturday winning daily. Uh, there could be some add-ons onto the uh, picks <laughs> we're about to get into. And speaking of that, it's pick time. All right. Our first picks of the actual season. Uh, week zero was uh, a fun week. This is our first real, real week. So uh, how many picks do you got? I've got an even dozen for this Saturday's matchups. Now we've, we've already put out yes. some Thursday picks on your winning daily Thursday. And, uh, and I think you've, we've got some, you've got some Friday picks tomorrow. Yes. Uh, but this is exclusively Saturday. This correct? is exclusively Saturday, maybe with a little Sunday, Monday oh, yeah, uh, yeah. in there yeah. uh, trinkled in. Cause I don't know if I'll do the winning daily with just one game out there uh, on uh, Sunday and Monday. Uh, but I have 12 picks as well. So uh, we're loaded up for week yeah. one, uh, 12 picks of these. So the, uh, Loving the confidence. <laughs> 12 picks now it might end up in balloon <laughs> uh, like 15, 16 by Saturday. Uh, but right now, uh, depending on how they go to yeah. uh, anger bets as the uh, day plays out, uh, probably plays a factor. Well, and, and yeah, see how well I do tonight. <laughs> Make it be even more confidence to pick more Saturdays. But All right. I like the ones I've got so far. All right, so let's start out with you. What do you got in uh, your first pick of week one of I'm the college? I'm going to start with the first game we talked about today. That Wisconsin-Penn State. I'm taking Wisconsin minus five. I, like I said, the home field, I think they have a cornerback advantage. I think both these defenses are going to be pretty strong. Uh, but I, I give Wisconsin the offensive edge, and I, I like them to cover the five. Yeah. Well, I'm starting out with a big-time game here. Oh, yeah. One of one. the biggest games of the year. TV2? Maybe TV one. maybe TV one. Uh, I, I don't know if this game I, is allowed. To I don't be know if it's on TV. 
I will certainly look for it. Uh, but uh, I'm going to go with UConn. Minus two and a half versus Holy Cross here. Uh, you look at the UConn schedule. There are about two wins on it. This is one of those two wins that they have to get. The spread being two and a half. I'm just going to ride UConn here. I think they can beat Holy Cross. Now, that being said, Holy Cross is kind of an okay subdivision program. I'll tell you what, UConn may want to consider uh, just not playing football if they can't win this game. But I am assuming their shoes will not be melted. Uh, possibly they will be capable of throwing a forward pass. Uh, maybe even run the ball a little bit on this Holy Cross team. So uh, we're going with UConn, minus two and a half to All kick right. off our picks. Uh, All right. I'll be sure to send you score updates as they fly in. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got next? All right, games? another game we talked about and that I already hinted that I really like. I'm thinking West Virginia, minus two and a half at Maryland. I just I, I really love this West Virginia defense. Uh, I think they're really gonna dominate Maryland. Yeah. Uh, I'm going with another big time matchup here. Uh this might be on TV two under the UConn game, but we're gonna go Georgia State minus two and a half versus the army here. Uh I, I was really shocked this got this low. Uh Georgia State is much accustomed to playing option level teams so that shouldn't be too much of a problem really good much and they're a very solid team with a handful of playmakers they still have a a lot of those guys who uh beat tennessee a couple years ago uh so i just think they have better talent than the army here uh it's in georgia state so you know, I'm going to ride Georgia State minus the two and a half. I think they're the better team here. And I I think a little of this is, you know, because Army runs the option and that's difficult to go. But mm -hmm. Georgia State plays option teams all the time in the Sun Belt, yeah. including their biggest rival, Georgia Southern, who has essentially run the option since they became a uh, football program. So I, I don't think Georgia State will have trouble adapting their defense to uh, stopping the option. It is something they are used to and something they do multiple times a year. So I really like that Georgia State two and a half. I think they'll be able to score points on Army here. All right. What do you got for number three? All right. My number three pick, I actually, I'm taking in the Indiana at Iowa game. And, you know, I've, I've talked about these defenses, love these defenses. But I'm actually going to go with the over 45. Oh, my. Whoa. Living in the dangerous world at over in, the Big in Iowa in the Big Ten. Uh, I, I should look up those stats to see how often Iowa overs. Uh, uh, it's in. not that often. <laughs> I, I think this Indiana team is going to come in really slinging the ball. Now, I will say 45. Is it a very, very low point total? I, I think that's really low. I think that's something you would expect in that Georgia State Army yes. game. Uh, but I think these teams uh, – I think they're going to be filling each other out. The defenses might not be quite settled in on this first game. I look back, traditionally, Iowa doesn't start up the year very strong. They give up a lot of points usually in the first couple of weeks. Uh, and I think Indiana is going to come in, take advantage of that, and sling the ball around. Uh, I may end up going with a bet on Indiana, too. But for now, I just like the over 45 in this game. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to go one that we both have a uh, dual one on. Uh, so I'm going Marshall minus two and a half versus Navy here. Yeah. Uh, I, I just think Marshall's a much, much better team. Uh, now, they do not play teams that run the option quite as much. Uh, you know, early game in Annapolis, maybe there's some tricky stuff there, especially without the coach. Uh, but I'm just going to write talent here. I, I think Marshall's a much, okay. much better team. I think you have this one as well. Yeah, I've got – I'll go ahead and say that as my fourth pick. I've got Marshall. I, I got him at minus three. Uh, but I think they're going to go ahead and take care of this. I'm really down on Navy this year, and I, I like Marshall as one of the favorites in their conference. And uh, they were turning a lot of talent. Uh, new coach this year. Yeah. A lot of talent coming back. I think they're, they're going to outclass Navy. Yeah, I, I think Marshall's talent will be 
by, you know, it's three years down the road. Yeah. You know, they can, that coaching staff can replenish the talent mm-hmm. and uh, continue the program there. Uh, to even out our bets here, I, I, I also have a bet on the under in the Marshall Navy game. I have Marshall Navy under 48 here. Uh, I really don't think Navy will be able to score points on Marshall. Even with that, uh, I, I think this just reads as, you know, Marshall went in 24-7, 24-13. Just sort of a easy, low-scoring, cruisy game where they dominate the game. They don't necessarily score 40, 50 points, uh, but they're not threatened by Navy, and they uh, easily win this game. So I I thought 48 was a little bit high on that total, so I'm going to ride the Marshall-Navy under uh, 48 as well. Okay. Uh, What do you got next? Okay, I'm going to roll into a game that I think we both picked uh, the same side again on. Uh, I like Kansas State, minus two and a half. Uh, versus Stanford. Uh, Stanford's one in five against the spread in their last six non-conference games. And I just, I, I think uh, a healthy Skylar Thompson, they're going to be able to run the ball on Stanford really well. And I think they're going to control the game offensively and, and cover that two and a half. Yeah, uh, I have well have Kansas State minus the three versus Stanford. And uh, I'm really bullish on this Kansas State team. I, I think they can uh, have a pretty good season here. So I'm going to ride Kansas State uh, on the minus three as well. All right, what do you got next? Well, I, I'm going to go ahead and get my pick for the big game. The big oh. game. Uh, we both indicated that we really like Clemson here. I got my bet in at minus three and a half. I think Clemson wins potentially by two touchdowns. Uh, I just trust their I trust their talent and their defense more than I do Georgia. Yeah, we're on the same wavelength again. Another mutual pick. Uh, I got Clemson minus three here versus Georgia. I, I think this will be a pretty easy money game here. So uh, riding Clemson as well. All right. Uh, another one we just spoke of. I really like Nevada. I got oh. I this one weeks ago. Uh, as soon as I saw they were getting points, I jumped all over that. I think they should be favorites in this game. Uh, offense is much better than Cal. They're going to go in and get a big win. Yeah. Uh, speaking of games we liked that uh, ended up crossed off on my board and you took, and this one probably got crossed off on your board and it still is mine. I'm going La Lafayette uh, yeah. plus the eight uh, versus Texas here. So uh, really, really like Lafayette. I, I think this will be an interesting game. And to sort of combo package that, I'm running the under 58 on this as well. I really uh, was shocked this was in the uh, high, high 50s. Uh, Lafayette doesn't play high no. 50s games. I, even if they get blown out, uh, they are not playing a game in the high 50s. They will drain that clock. Uh, they aren't an option team, but uh, they literally <laughs> run the ball out of an I formation and grind the clock to nothing, and their defense is very good. So the only way this really hits over is if Texas makes a ton of turnovers and Olaviette scores off those because, uh, you know, I, I just – I don't see how that's 58. So I, I really like that uh, Lafayette, Texas under bed at 58. Okay. Well, uh, we're going to move to another one that really jumped mm-hmm. out at me that I really like. Uh, Houston, they were getting one and a half yeah. versus Texas Tech. We both like Houston mm-hmm. as a dark horse uh, to win their mm-hmm. conference. Uh, maybe not even dark horse. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I, I thought they were getting good odds, but uh, I, I think they should be. Thank right you, Bet MGM Free Bet. Yes, yeah. uh, but I'm, I'm, you know, they were getting one and a half. But I'm gonna take the money line, get a little bit better juice there. I'm taking Houston plus 105 versus Texas Tech to get the win. Yeah, I'm riding the spread here. Uh, we're on mutual again. Houston minus one and a half versus Texas Tech. I just think this Houston team is uh, much, much better. Now, uh, my life has 
pretty much revolved around Dana Holgerson letting me down uh, for majority of it. So will I be stunned if that trend continues? No, but I do think Houston's a much, much better team than Texas Tech here. So them getting one and a half points at home, I, I was just stunned about. So Houston minus one and a half for me as well. Uh, next up, a really exciting game, Eastern Washington uh, mm. at UNLV. Mm. Uh, we'll be tuned in for that one. I'm going to take the under here. It's at 67 and a half. Uh, UNLV's brought back all their uh, starters on defense. Uh, that wasn't a great defense, but that's experience across the board. And I think if they can play any kind of a defense, this, uh, this game is going to stay under that in 67 and a half. Yeah. Uh, I'm going the opposite side of things on that under and I'm going over and I got the over on the Oregon state Purdue 68 and a half. Is that a very large line? Yes, yes it is. But uh, I will tell you one thing. Uh, neither of these teams play any defense, and uh, they both want to win. <laughs> win. So I think the points are going to fly here uh, pretty, pretty uh, good. I think it's a similar sort of uh, game to uh, – you know, Louisville old Miss, where these two teams don't really play a ton of defense, and they are just going to try to hit explosive plays on each other pretty much all game long. So I think that over hits. So I'm going Oregon State Purdue over 68 and a half. All right, for my next pick, I'm taking the under 75 and a half <sighs> in this old Miss at Louisville game. Uh, this could potentially go even higher. <laughs> uh, neither of these teams are known for their defense, as you just said. Uh, Ole Miss has got to have some improvement on that. Scott defense. Satterfield used to be known for his defense at uh, State, but I think he has uh, somehow less quality players at Louisville on the defensive side of the ball. Now, uh, this Ole Miss defense has got to have some some signs of improvement. <laughs> uh, I think Ole Miss could very well score 40 to 50 points, but I, I don't see Louisville scoring more than 10, 10 to 20. So uh, I'm going to take the under 75 and a half here. I, I, like, I like that large number. Well, I'm going on that game, but I'm taking Louisville plus the 10 and a half. Ooh. I don't foresee Ole Miss's defense improving, and I just uh, want to watch these two team trade points. I don't see much separation here. I just see a lot of scoring and uh, a lot of non-stops on the defensive side of things. So uh, I thought that 10 and a half was a, a little bit too big uh, for uh, a game where you're not going to get any stops whatsoever and you're just going to get a large score. So I'm going to ride Louisville plus the 10 and a half in that game. Is that oh, all you got? I've got one more left. I'm to my last one. Got uh, one more left as well. So. All right. Uh, I'll finish saying this up on my end. Uh, like I said, I'm really hoping for this to get to 21, but I'm locked in today taking Fresno state plus the 20 and a half at Oregon. I just think, uh, they're they're better than that spread indicates and they'll keep this one a little closer than people think i got one more over under to get to san diego state new mexico state uh 50 and a half i'm taking that under there uh, a solid under. if anyone watched new mexico state uh not score versus utep <laughs> last week uh san diego state's defense is uh probably leaps leaps and leaps and bounds uh better than utep's so the thought that New Mexico State could score uh, points on this game. I am assuming they are shut out again as well. They aren't even at home this time. So I'm expecting no points from the New Mexico side. And uh, San Diego State's offense is really, really poor. So uh, I, I don't think they can even capably get to 45 points on their own. So I think this game probably sits in the uh, much like the UTEP game in the uh, 30s to nothing. And uh, that's way under the 50 and a half. Yeah. So uh, I'm under 50 and a half on San Diego State, New Mexico State. So uh, our week one picks are in the books. 
look for us on Monday to do a little bit of our recap and uh, see how we did over the weekend. Talk about the matchups and how these games played out. Be sure to like and subscribe. Uh, We still got our NFL previews coming out. Uh, NFC and AFC North on Friday with Achilles Rain. Uh, be sure to tune in for Winning Daily. Uh, we might throw in a handful of more picks as yeah. they uh, come and go throughout the week, so you don't want to miss uh, any add-ons uh, on there and uh, uh, little throw-ins uh, definitely on uh, Saturday. Also, our man Sparky will be back with his picks. You don't want to miss those. Uh, so like and subscribe so you don't miss any of our shows. Uh, That's our show, and we're out. Greenlight Network presents Football Time.